thank you so much for the time to chat. I really do appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me. Uh, anytime. When Time Got Louder is a very special film. I really, uh, really was struck by it. The performances are wonderful. Um, what, why were you excited to tell this story? Well, first, thank you. Uh, that means a lot. And, uh, you know, I was really excited to tell an experience of a family's experience living with autism, and in particular, someone like our character, Caden, who is more profoundly impacted by his autism. I have a brother who's on the autism spectrum, and he is also nonverbal. And, you know, there's some spectacular autism content out there, but it usually shows savant and gifted-like individuals. And while they're beautiful stories that need to be told, they really only reflect about 10% of the autism community. So it was really important to me when making a film that we could hopefully make one about the autism community that could really resonate with a wider audience. You know, I, I really appreciate that because you're absolutely right. So often when we're, we're looking at, at stories of autistic characters, we're seeing, we're seeing like these, these savant, uh, savant characters, but this one is very grounded uh, in their experience with the home and with the family. And I have to say, Jonathan is incredible in this film. Yes, I'm so proud of Jonathan. I always say, I don't know if you're like my younger brother or my best friend, I'm just so proud of you. But uh, Jonathan is from, uh, he is somebody who is living with autism and he's from Vancouver like I am. And I always knew I needed and wanted to cast the role of Caden authentically. And I just feel so grateful that we found Jonathan because not only was is he able to play this role as somebody who is living with autism, but he absolutely blows it out of the park. And I think he's a fantastic example of, you know, breaking the stereotype that somebody who's neurodivergent can play a role like this just as well, if not better than somebody who's neurotypical, you know, a neurotypical actor. It gives a real authenticity to the, to the character. Like there's no question of that. Yeah, yeah. Authenticity was something that was really important to me. Of course, myself being queer and then having a brother on the spectrum, I really wanted to highlight these communities in a beautiful way. So I'm particularly proud that all of our licensed music in the film is from the LGBT and autism communities. So we found, you know, of course, that Sam Smith is in our film, the music from Sam Smith and Mickey Ratsula and some other spectacular artists. The artwork that Caden does uh, that we see on screen is from two local boys from Vancouver who are on the autism spectrum and were reframe approved projects. We had a 50-50 gender balance crew and many, many members from the LGBT and autism communities. And I really think even though, you know, someone goes to the theater and they might not know all that background information, because it was a part of our project, because we cast Caden authentically, because the two women playing the queer love story are both cast as openly queer women, uh, I think that that really resonates through the screen and helps audience connect and feel the the rawness and the honesty behind the performances. I love that. I wasn't aware of all that. that I mean, that that across the board, it sounds like you've got uh, people, people of uh, people sharing their experiences on screen. So that there is sort of an honesty, even though it's a fictional character. And, and you've got these two stories that are both coming of age at the same time. Yes. Uh, which is so unique, which is so unique. I was wondering, you know, I, well, you may, maybe you've already answered this, but why was that so important to bring two very different stories and parallel them in that way? 
Well, as the sibling to somebody on the spectrum, and I've had experience, you know, my my family's involved in the philanthropy side of the autism community here in British Columbia, and I myself have a sibling support uh, charity called Growing Together. And so over the years, I've had the privilege of doing sibling panels and other sibling-based events for neurotypical siblings that have a brother or sister on the autism spectrum. And from those experiences, I was really inspired to tell a story that highlights what these siblings go through because there's so many commonalities of course every experience is different there's a saying in the autism community that when you met one one individual with autism you've only met one individual with autism and it's very similar of course for siblings but there are uh, common themes that many siblings face from the guilt of leaving their other sibling or the fact that many of them become the primary caretaker for their brother or sister living with autism and so I really wanted to highlight that experience through the sibling perspective. And the coming of age component was largely inspired, you know, for Caden, he's experiencing that transition from high school to adulthood. And it's a very uh, challenging time for so many families where they finally found that routine for their, their kiddo, the boy or, or son or daughter living with autism um, at high school, hopefully having, you know, some kind of uh, social circle or having, you know, their, their routine of where they go and what they do and what they do when they come home to, you know, individuals who are like my brother, who are more, more profoundly impacted when they graduate, where do they go next if they can't seek post-secondary education? I, uh, I was at a charity event once back when I was writing the film years ago, and a, a father stood up and talked about his experience with his son graduating high school and going from having a select group of friends and a really good social experience finally for him and, 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 and uh, comfortability in his life to being in his basement almost all day, all night long, playing video games by himself. And that story really touched me because I think that's a, a challenge that many families face. And so I wanted to highlight that because it really is a honest experience and something that I think is really relatable, not only just to the autism community, you know, our story isn't just a story about autism or just a story about the LGBT community. It really is just a universal message of sibling bond and unconditional family love that I think many audience will resonate with. Yeah, it, it truly is wonderful how you found that balance. And it doesn't, it doesn't judge anybody. This is, I thought was such a fascinating uh, look at the film is the you know you've got you've got Abby and and she celebrated for going to the going to university off in LA you've got uh Caden and he celebrated for for the you know the steps that he take you've got the the family and but everybody is struggling at the same time uh to get through this and and I was wondering because guilt and shame is a huge theme within this film you know you've got uh, Abby saying it was it was selfish for me to leave and and the father saying he thinks he's failed them and and all of these things I was wondering what would you say to families who are who are experiencing that uh, in these very real life circumstances yeah you know I think the best way to address that is, is the ending of the film really our film does not have that perfect bookend uh, tie a bow on the package ending. And that was very purposeful. I feel that families living with autism, individuals impacted by autism, there is no final solution. There is no perfect ending. And so 
it's just a life experience and, and it's ongoing. You know, every day is different. My family's faced different challenges over the years with my brother. Now he's been suffering from seizures, which isn't something that I cover in my film, but something that's new for us as a family to navigate and probably what's going to inspire one of my future films. Um, because we, we need to tell these stories of, you know, they aren't, there aren't these clear cut cookie cutter endings um, that, you know, a lot of Hallmark type films, though I do love my my good Hallmark film every now and then. Uh, and, you know, we really just want to highlight that that honest family experience. And I think the ending and how how we kind of wrap up our story without a full ending is is a good example of that. Uh, absolutely. And, you know, I without saying too much, one of the lines that I think is so powerful at the end of the film uh, I think it's the father that says mm -hmm. teaching teaching Kaiden to adapt to the world was always going to happen. It's not your fault that the world can't adapt to him. Great memory. <laughs> uh, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, well, but you know, I you know, you talk about not having a clear ending. This is a film that very much continues on and says we we are moving into this stage of life. But that's such a fascinating comment. I, and I'm just wondering from your perspective, like what what is it that the world needs to know? Is it the world's responsibility to adapt? It, is it or I, it's just it's just such a fascinating concept to me. Yeah, it's a great question. And, you know, with World Autism Month coming up in April, and I'm so thrilled that our film is coming out on on World Autism uh, Month, uh, beginning of the month here and it's a great time, you know, we need to focus on meaningful inclusion and, and what does that look like? So, um, you know, obviously casting Jonathan is a small part in that step for our industry, but we need to see that more in others and more in other industries. And we also need to help educate society better. And I hope our film will shine a bit of a lens into that. And hopefully we will just be the first of many because so many of these families and where I wrote, because the story is fictitious, thank goodness the traumatic incident that happens to Caden did not happen to my brother. Um, I wrote that from a place of fear. And it's a very common fear that many siblings and many parents have when they have a son or daughter living with autism is what happens out in the community? What if my child is judged? What if my child has an incident or has a behavior that people don't understand? What happens if they have a... Um, a uh, encounter with somebody that's an emergency personnel. And it's a big fear that causes a lot of families to shelter their kids more than they would like to. Um, one of the most beautiful moments I think I ever had through my charity with Growing Together is we host a sibling uh, day event every year pre-COVID and hoping to do it again later this year, where we invite families to come see a film at Cineplex for free. They get to watch it in a safe and inclusive environment. Um, and then we have carnival games after because I love carnivals. <laughs> but um, uh, one of the moments that really touched me was a family who happened to be um, a lesbian couple with their two kids and my, myself being queer, that really hit home. Um, but the mom came up to me crying after the screening. I think it was Cars 3 that we did for that one. 
back in probably 2018, 2019. And she said to me, this is the first time we've gone to the movies as a family. And I wanna thank you because I've been so scared to take them to the movies and I'm not anymore. And my heart just <laughs> exploded and I'm a sensitive filmmaker. So of course I cried because it really is true. There's so many families. I even think about our own experiences where we're so conscientious of what the world is going to think and what could happen. And of course your brain always goes to worst case scenarios, especially for mothers because they wanna shelter and protect their child. So it's something that I think our film does a, a really poignant job of, of touching on and hopefully one that will help audiences understand a bit more what these families go through and maybe provide uh, not necessarily just compassion, because I think we are getting closer to a world that's more compassionate, but that's more inclusive and, and that we can start to actually make a change in these families' lives. And that, that starts with, you know, the charity work that, that people do in the autism community and making films like this. And hopefully, like I said, we're the first of many so that more people can um, understand what these families go through. I love that you say the word understand there because to me so much of so much of the experience from from those of us who do not have are not on the spectrum do not have autism we just don't understand and but that the the in this particular film there are those who who are willing and open and saying yes you know I want to I want to be empathetic and I want to understand and I think that's so wonderful about it. Um, yeah so i mean maybe this that maybe that may be the answer that I, to my next question but i was just wondering about cultivating hope uh mm -hmm. for but for families who are struggling in all of these because you've got a number of different issues going on within this we do unit. um what is that yeah i i really didn't want this to just be a heavy drama that focused on the challenges because of course there's so many challenges that these families face but there's so much more to that these individuals living with autism are so inspiring they have funny moments in the family dynamic they have uplifting moments challenging moments beautiful ones you know, our, our experience as people and experience as a family is always changing and it's dynamic. And so in a film like this, I felt that was essential. So there's some really sweet moments that Caden has in this story that you hear audiences chuckle to or kind of give their sigh of relief for him. And I think that helps audiences connect and understand what these families go through as well. It, it humanizes the experience and it takes us away just from the challenging and more clinical components of autism and just what these families really do go through. What happens when you're teaching your son how to use an ATM and he uses an augmented communication app and says hello to the machine because that's he thinks he's being cute and polite. <laughs> that's just an honest moment, right? And families go through that every single day. And I, I wanted this to really uh, not only highlight the, the challenges, but the beauties that these families face and just highlight the family experience. Yeah, and, and you do a wonderful job of it. Uh, just, uh, you know, as we, we start to wrap up, what is it that you hope that people take away from their time with, well, when time gets louder? <laughs> yeah, you know, we hope that when time got louder really just focuses on the beauty of the 
family dynamic and that unconditional bond. So whether it's a parent who's had a child leave home for the first time, whether it's somebody discovering their sexuality, first love, first heartache, um, guilt of leaving a sibling, there's so many different themes and tones in our story that I really do think it's a universal uh, story on family love and the unconditional bond with your best friend, or in this case, your sibling. And I hope that audiences will watch it and not only learn more about what these families go to, but just enjoy seeing a, a unique perspective into one family's life. And we're so excited to watch it on the big screen with everyone. March 31st, we're going to have our release in Vancouver at Fifth Avenue Cinemas and in Toronto at the Scotiabank Theatre. And then at the end of the month in April will be our VOD release on all major platforms. So we're really looking forward to people who can't join us in the theater to watch it at home and uh, hope that everybody in, in enjoys, you know, that, that beautiful sibling bond and that, that love the family has. I really appreciate that. And I appreciate your time. Uh, oh, thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Thanks so much and have a great day. Yeah, you as well. Bye.